Welcome to the Keystone Stories podcast, a place to share the stories God is writing in the lives of our church family. These are stories of transformation, joy, sorrow, pain, and healing. Stories told in the most difficult seasons, as well as seasons of incredible blessing. Stories you can't help but see the faithfulness of God within. As we listen, our prayer is that the church will respond in worship as we remember who Jesus is and all he has done in both the good and hard seasons of life. Today's story is from Don Fravel. My life story has been weaved together with God's love, patience, heartache, and always perseverance. Um, most of the time I don't know where he's leading me, but one thing I know for certain is that he always has a plan. Um, I thought I knew that plan lots and lots of times. My plan or his plan? Plan A, B, I think I'm in about plan J, K, L right now. But this I know that um, he has taken all those broken pieces of my life and continue to use them in ways to repurpose them, to weave them in ways I could never have imagined. Um, I keep being reminded and leaning on him that that's always the best answer for me. Um, my life verse is 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort in which we ourselves are comforted by God. When I was a teenager, I, um, I lost my father in a tragic tractor accident. Um, he went to work one morning and um, didn't come home. I was, um, it was an early summer morning that year and my mom had gone over to coffee with some other friends. Um, we were actually new to the community. I only had lived there for about six months. And so she was getting acquainted with new people and I really didn't know where she was. And at that time, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have, um, how could you connect? We did, I just knew that she would be home later. Um, as I was sitting there that morning, I knew something had happened because the phone started ringing. And I still didn't have answers to the questions that people were asking me. Where's your mom? What's going on? And I just kept thinking, something bad has happened. Um, and then people started knocking at my door. I had the police stop. I had um, the pastor from our church stop. And I'm like, I have no idea what's happening. And I honestly didn't think about calling anyone because being new to the community, I had family that was far away and it was just my mom and my dad and I, my brothers were um, already gone out of the home. They're a little bit older than I was. So I just sat there in that room, in that living room, thinking, oh my gosh, something must have happened to my dad, but you could have never imagined or fathom really what happened at that time. Um, I was sitting in the living room when the door knocked again, and um, this strange person <laughs> walked in and asked me who I was, you know, said, are you Dawn? And I said, I am. And he said, I have some news I need to tell you. And um, he just said, I needed to sit down and point blank, he just said, your father is dead. And then it was a blur. It was like, I was a 13 year old child, um, not understanding what's going on and the rest of the day, 
family, people eventually showed up and and I just didn't understand. I didn't really, um, he didn't really explain what had happened other than my dad was gone. And um, at that time in, in our culture, um, we didn't talk about grief. We didn't talk about death. And um, I kind of just sat back and watched um, through a clouded lens trying just trying to understand and figure it out and nobody really ever talked to you explained all of that to you fast forward um, a little bit we did not stay in that community because we had only been there a short time my mom and I moved back to the community that we had grown up in and um, I started going back to the church that I knew when I grew up, that we went to Sunday school and Bible school and church and and was in the children's choir and all of those things and um, attended a Bible study that fall. I was my freshman year in high school. And I can remember sitting in the corner like it was yesterday um, in, a, in a chair with lights on and we were done reading the Bible study and I invited God into my life. Um, at my dad's funeral, they, um, they used this scripture and it was stirred a spark within me um, three months before that and I just kept trying to understand and figure it out. But it was um, John 14, one through three where it says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back, take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. That was a comfort for me because um, I was just still trying to understand what happened to my dad. And, um, and that was um, just a pivotal um, scripture for me. I really, really pondered it. And I think that's when, when I finally went to that Bible story study surrounded by um, old friends. I just could feel God's presence and feel that even though dad was gone, that I could use my heavenly father as a father and um, that no matter what, he would take care of me. my dad his sister died a week before that and it was actually the first time I'd ever seen my dad cry um, a few months probably six months before that my dad's father passed away and then again a little bit later um, uh, probably from July to October my dad lost another brother and um, I just remember going to funerals and thinking is this ever going to end? Um, and honestly, it never does, right? Um, um, we're not meant here to stay here on earth, that um, our Heavenly Father will take us home, just like that Bible verse said when it was, it's our time. Um, he takes us home. So um, I just kept 
reaching out to God and understand um, understand what was going on and in my silent grief um, he used music he used scripture and he used um, people in my life to um, make me realize that I was never alone and that um, he would always be beside me and that we would make it and we would be just fine and we needed to trust him in life's most darkest moments. And he's always been faithful um, through all of those. eventually remarried um, my senior year in high school um, and they had a wonderful marriage um, for over 25 years I think almost even 30 years um, so but he was never a father figure to me I think he felt like he would be betraying my father if he was that so we lived in a blended family that never blended um, and again those were questions I never, never asked. I didn't know because, because I didn't feel like I could. Um, but I always knew that um, blending should be different than what that was. Um, so I moved out on my own at age 19 when I could afford my own house or my own apartment. And um, I I was in contact with um, an old friend that um, our lives kind of intersected in many ways. He was my cousin, one of my cousin's best friends in high school. He was from a rival town. Um, we, we did youth groups together in a conference setting, not in a local setting, but in a larger group setting. And um, one night I saw him and he was really busy where he was working in. And um, I just said hello, and he said, um, just so you know, when you're ready, um, I will marry you. And I just looked at him like, well, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And um, so when he was less busy, I went up and talked to him to find out what that looked like. And um, we started dating. And about 18 months later, we were married. Um, our faith um, during our teen years, um, I think connected us the main way. Um, having family know who he was um, was another way. And um, we were married for almost 29 years. Um, we didn't make it to 30. Um, we didn't make it to 30. And that makes me sad. But um, during our marriage, we had um, many um, ups and downs just like anybody else, right? Um, we had two beautiful children, um, six and a half years apart, um, and he taught us so much during that time. He reminded us of his love and what family meant, even when we didn't have family. Um, immediate family, the church became our family. And um, through our struggles of of kids and um, activities and um, 
and the hardships of jobs, um, losing jobs, um, different aspects of my husband going through um, depression moments after losing jobs, trying to decide what he wanted to do with his life, um, trusting God because God was the one that always got us through those toughest moments. My daughter had um, I had a son, she was a single mom and lived with us through um, her brother's high school year. She was a little, like I said earlier, she was six and a half years older, but so we had a house full of um, my daughter, my grandson, um, my husband, my son, and, and me. And we, um, of course, were busy, um, still involved in, I was involved in church, um, doing small group Bible studies, doing short Bible studies, doing long Bible studies. But um, I knew that God was leading me to do more than just do the studies. And um, during my daughter's years of struggle, I became a Stephen minister. Um, a Stephen minister is a ecumenical program um, based off the life of Stephen that just walks beside um, lay people walking beside people going through tough times. Um, and I knew God had prepared me to do that um, through all the struggles that we have gone through and how faithful God was. And um, so I was active at that time in wanting to make sure that I was still doing something um, once once our, our youngest left. Um, and that summer, between his freshman year and his sophomore year in college, um, my mom was in a car accident. Um, and I got the call that, she, that I needed to meet them at the hospital. I was her durable power of attorney. Um, and at that time, I thought she had broken her arm, and they were rushing her to a local hospital. And as I went home that day, because I was at work at the moment, I called my husband. I said, I'm going to come home and grab something. I don't know how long I'll be gone. I don't know how bad it is. All I know is that she broke her arm. So when I got to about Ames, um, which was probably a half hour into it, I got another call saying, change of plans. Um, we're lifelighting your mom to Des Moines. Um, she has a brain bleed, and they need to do surgery on her that night. And so we met my mom at the hospital, and I held her hand, and she smiled at me, and she actually talked to me a little bit, and I told her things were going to be okay. And um, in my brain, I had to figure out what would happen if I lost my mom? I thought I had them all figured out. If she had cancer, we would walk this way. If something happened to her heart, we've been in the hospital, we've done all kinds of all kinds of tests, and I was with her with her and my stepdad almost every time. My stepdad also had cancer and had passed away a couple years ago before that. And um I never dreamt about car accident. Um, 
it was never in my brain that that's what, that's what would take my mom's life. She went from bad to worse after her surgery. She was never coherent and never really had much of a conversation after that. She had, was broken beyond what we originally thought. She had a broken arm. She had a broken vertebrae in her back. Um, she was just like Humpty Dumpty where the airbags just crushed her in a car accident. And um, being the durable power of attorney, I had to make those decisions, which were, which were hard. Um, and walking beside my mom through all her other health issues, I knew exactly what she wanted. And she was sad and she was lonely because she had just lost her husband a couple years before that. And I watched her grieve for him, which was so hard for me because I didn't understand how she would, could openly grieve for him 30 years later, but. I never watched her grieve my dad because we buried it. We put it under the rug, and but that's just the different in time, you know, what people did to then to what they did now. And I knew of the shadow of my doubt of doubt that my mom wanted to be with all of those ahead, and that she would not want to be in a nursing home in a million pieces, trying to to recover and try to to build herself back up. That fall, um, after my mom died, um, I decided that grief was gonna be something that I overcame, that I wanted to understand and I wanted to learn about. And um, our church did a program called Grief Share, which is also a ecumenical program. And um, so my husband and I went through that program and it was like a fall program, like 10 weeks or 11 weeks. Now I can't even remember exactly. Um, but every week we were, something was happening and we were at a funeral home. And I felt like I was back where I was with my dad. We just kept losing people, um, grandmother and aunt. And then another aunt passed away. And then a, my nephew's father-in-law passed away in a car accident. And we were talking, my husband and I, about this and about grief and what we were learning and he said I'm done he said enough people have passed away I'm not going anymore and I said I have to understand this this is something that's really important to me if you can't go I understand that but I'm going um, so it was Thanksgiving weekend we went up to my niece's house for Thanksgiving and we were going to put my mom's house back on the market again because we thought we had sold it and it fell through. So we, my husband and my son and I stayed in our, that small community and we went Black Friday shopping and he showed us all the things about his hometown growing up, the houses he lived in, stories that I had heard but never in that detail and we just had a wonderful day and we finished our Christmas shopping, bought a new tree, put the tree up. Everything went for Christmas was done the weekend before, before um, after Thanksgiving. It was an amazing thing that to think we had all of that done. And on that Tuesday, I went to work. We were sitting there having coffee that morning. He was sitting in the, standing in the corner and I was walking out the door. I always left before he did. And 
and he told me he loved me and he told me he loved me and he loved me and he loved me and I'm like hey we're just going to work it's not a big deal I'll see you after work I'm gonna be late I'll talk to you later about 10 o'clock that morning I got a call from a co-worker of his and she said Dawn Jim's down and I'm like what do you mean he's down Brenda tell me what what are you trying to tell me and she said I don't know she said um, they asked me where the first responder was and I said Jim's right there <laughs> um, so the ambulance came took him down to Methodist Hospital and I met them there and Iowa Heart worked on him for several hours into the afternoon and um, they couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again and at that time I needed to make that decision one more time um, because they wanted to know um, what I wanted to do did they wanted me to keep tr having them try or or what and they the expertise of the healthcare field was amazing and they helped me through all of those transitions and all those questions and um, we decided that since he had been out for so long no one knew what his brain was after the heart so we thought we would let him go up to a room and bring him back make sure that his brain was okay before they tried to do any more heart surgery on him and um, he had another heart attack at that time and passed away. Um, so I lost my mom and my husband five months apart. And that week of my husband's funeral, God again was so faithful. He put, I when I was making decisions, I into you know talking to nurses I came out I was surrounded by family and and friends and I don't know how many people so knew so quickly where we were what was going on but I just felt surrounded and the word that came out of my mouth that whole week was amazing um, what an amazing God we serve what amazing friends I had what amazing life we shared together and as sad and as hard as it was, um, my faith grew even stronger through all of those things. Um, and I guess that's what I wanna tell everyone is um, even through life's darkest moments, he um, is faithful and he is always there. I continued um, grief share. I went through it again with my daughter since we didn't do that last session because Jim died that last night, the day of our last session. So I didn't attend it either. But when it started again in the spring, uh, my daughter joined me and we went through it. And I was... Um, amazed at the things I learned and the feelings I had um, were um, grief related um, and they weren't 
unusual and it was nice and comforting to know that those feelings that you had were um, good feelings and that the, the best thing about that program was all the people sharing those stories um, were so faithful and saw how faithful God was and even in the even in when you couldn't feel him they reminded me of a story where when you're in the basement and the lights are off it's dark but it doesn't mean the sun's not shining um, and that gave me hope and and reminded me that even though the darkness of what was going on in your life that God still shines and he brings light um, through those those moments um, after that program, um, I wanted to run through it. I wanted to rush through it, and I wanted to learn as much as I could because I wanted to get to the other side of grief. I did not want to live in the midst of that, and I learned that you can't, that it takes time, and it takes um, work. That's the key thing that I, that I knew most, that it took work. It was hard work, and it wasn't something I could just say, oh, it'll get better, life gets better. Um, in time, it doesn't. Um, it it gets buried. It can eat you alive inside and out. But you have to work at it. And there are tools and things and places that you can um, that'll help you through those moments. Um, I ended up going to grief counseling a few months later because I just didn't feel like I was where I wanted to be. And um, the stigma of going into a mental health counseling center was um, daunting. Um, I wanted to do it on my own. I wanted, I knew that God was walking me through this and why should I need that? But um, it was one of the best things I did. Um, and I eventually started teaching that grief counseling, or that not grief counseling, but that grief share program at my church. I. Um, ended up doing that for about 10 years and walked beside other people that had gone through a loss and it was so comforting to share God's love with them and to share a piece of hope that they could share and um, it was one of life's most rewarding moments. I also continued my um, Stephen ministry through that time and walked with people that were that have lost people who had one who had had a son go through addiction and and the struggle of an, a parent and a child um, going through that and how faithful God can be through all of those things. Sometimes God has to peel us back um, to moments where we don't want to be, um, but he's faithful and we need to trust him. I ended up walking the road that um, my mom walked and something I never ever imagined, but I met a man who taught me how to live and to love and to trust again. Um, he lost his wife several years um, before as well. And um, we too also have had our struggles. Um, blending families is, is tough. Um, you think growing up in a blended family and learning those lessons, um, it would make it easier, but it doesn't. Everybody has their own walk and their own journey. We can 
we can walk beside them, um, but we can't fix them. Um, the things that we've gone through um, besides blending are watching our children get married without their parent, whether it was their mom or dad, um, watching our kids have children and knowing how much they miss that parent that's not here and understanding but still not able to fix it. Then I'm reminded of God's love and I remember learning in my Stephen ministry that God is the fixer, we're not. And that um, as a church member taught me that um, we can care but we don't have to carry. Um, what a wise soul she is. And um, as much as I wish my mom could have taught me what to do through those times of marrying again and blending again, God always is faithful and he reminds me that I can trust him through life's toughest moments. Heavenly Father, thank you for the way you have changed some of my worst chapters into my greatest victories. Thank you for pursuing me, saving me, and making me your own. In Jesus' name, amen. This is my prayer for each and every one of you too. Remember, share your story. You never know when someone needs to hear it. I'm so glad others did that for me. What an amazing God we serve. Thank you for listening to the Keystone Stories podcast. For more stories, visit us at keystonelife.com slash stories.